The US state of Oregon has become the latest to try and ban the sale of kangaroo products, introducing a bill in the state's legislature this week. This is in part, well, taking aim at Nike, which is the biggest employer in that state. It's also known to use kangaroo leather for some of their football boots. Scott Beckstead, who's the director of campaigns for the Centre for Human Economy and Animal Wellness Action in Oregon, told me yesterday, people in his state won't tolerate the inhumane treatment of kangaroos in Australia anymore. Take a listen. You know, the government and the industry stayed in their so-called humane guidelines that orphaned joeys whose mothers have been shot should be killed by being uh, decapitated, bludgeoned, or having their heads slammed against the bumper of the truck. And, you know, that, that doesn't sit well with Oregonians. Dennis King, you're the executive officer of the Kangaroo Industry Association Australia. Are Scott's concerns valid there, do you think? Oh, g'day, Andy. Yeah, look, we, we, we share concerns about how um, uh, the treatment of kangaroos at all times is very important to us. It's the, the animal welfare side of it. Um, we're, um, and we're currently, you know, we've got research projects on, on looking at how to um, improve uh, um, how joeys are handled, um, and that's actually currently happening at the moment. So that's a, you know, we're, we're not, uh, we don't sit on our, our laurels and say everything's perfect. We know that we can always improve. And that's uh, the, the way our industry's been um, for, for quite a number of years. Are you surprised that the US state of Oregon has introduced this bill? Did you get wind of it? And, and would it harm the export value to your members? Oh, look, we didn't get wind of it. It's uh, it's a little bit like the Connecticut one, and uh, and prior to that, there's you know there's been been others as well. So um, in um, up in um, um, Newark, there was a um, a similar uh, bill put through. So there's three now, um, apart from the California one and the one that was done at um, uh, in the uh, in Congress. So it's it's an ongoing th- uh, issue. It's it's driven really by misinformation being circulated around the kangaroo management program. And, um, and we believe that there needs, needs to be a greater awareness around the, the benefits of managing an overabundant species. Uh, and that's something that we're doing um, all the time. And we'll be working with the, um, uh, the uh, embassy in uh, Washington to get out via the, um, the various consulates to these, um, to these members and, uh, and talking to them, giving them the real facts. Uh, we'll be actually going over and uh, doing some work in um, in the US uh, in the first half of this year um, to actually uh, highlight um, how well we do. And, and look, we if if there's no commercial kangaroo um, harvesting goes on, there's still going to what will happen then? There'll be a non-commercial um, uh, culling of kangaroos, and the animals will be just left there to die. They'll be they'll be taken by untrained and 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 um, unmonitored. Uh, harvesters or, or shooters, uh, whereas um, we've got a very, very regulated industry and we have a very uh, tight uh, monitoring by, by both the Australian and state governments. I just want to pick you up on something you said about misinformation being circulated around management and, and practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke to Animals Australia. They claim the industry, your industry, is largely self-regulated and the, and, and the, the sort of applicable code totally fails to protect kangaroos and their joeys from suffering. I mean, are there any external parties who monitor your activities who are independent? Absolutely. So the majority of majority of the meat that's that's, that's taken from the um, from the kangaroo harvest 
it goes through um, federally monitored and regulated um, abattoirs or processing plants. And there's, there's federal um, um, veterinarians on site at those plants. They monitor and they check every kangaroo that comes in um, to see that there is no, no, no harvest, no wounds that aren't from a headshot. Um, so it's really, um, uh, it is highly monitored. And if it's done at the state level, there are state inspectors are continually going around uh, in each state who are monitoring and seeing what's going on. They go to the chillers, they check the carcasses in the chillers. It, it is a very, very tightly regulated industry. You mentioned an overabundance, uh, you know, of kangaroos in some areas. I just want to clarify, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which species are having a population boom in your view and, and what's behind that? Well, look, the, the, there's four really abundant species, and that's the, the red kangaroo, the western grey uh, kangaroo, the eastern grey kangaroo, and the other one is the common wallaroo. Now, those are the, they're the uh, target species that are only allowed to be harvested. We, there's no, they're the only ones that, are, that a permit is issued for, for the harvesting of, for, of uh, those kangaroos. No other kangaroo can be harvested. Dennis King's the executive officer of the Kangaroo Industry Association Australia. We're talking about the commercial kangaroo industry in the wake of the US state of Oregon introducing a bill to ban the sale of kangaroo parts in that state. Of course, the state that is home to one of the world's largest footwear manufacturers. They use a fair bit of kangaroo leather, we understand, to make football boots. Dennis, the EU is also considering a possible ban this year uh, this, uh, sorry, is last year that didn't eventuate. Uh, so, are you seeing a growing resistance here to the kangaroo industry by overseas markets? First, Connecticut, uh, then uh, yeah. the EU, and, and and now Oregon. Oh, look, this has been going on for for quite some number of years, um, Andy. It's it's quite a it's nothing new to us. Um, but what happened? If you if we look at what happened in the EU, the the European Commission, in other words, the regulator. Looked at the um, at the harvest and looked at they they actually audited our, our systems. They came out and audited them. That's another form of uh, of monitoring of what goes on, and they and we received a hundred percent mark for our, our animal welfare standards. So you know they monitor everything. There was a lot of talk about that the meat was contaminated. They do the the Europeans do regular checks when it's it, uh, the meat arrives. And we've but, never but had an but you're, Respectfully, Dennis, you're talking about a quality endorsement there, whereas Animal Australia says your code fails to protect kangaroos and their joeys from suffering. How do you respond to that? Well, we, we certainly don't. I mean, the animals are, are harvested in, in, their natural, in their natural habitat. Um, it's, uh, it's very quick. It's one shot. Now, I'm sure there can be joeys, and I mean, quite often they'll be an in-pouch joey. Um, it is it is humanely dispatched, and as I said, we're looking at new and improved ways of doing that. Uh, the joeys at foot um, are, are similarly dispatched as they have to be, for, so that they're not left. I mean, if this didn't happen, there would be large number, a lot more kangaroos left on the side of the road, being killed by cars and trucks. And those and the joeys there, no one goes to look after them and do anything to to protect them. There's a lot of talk about sustainability in your industry, but I just wonder mm-hmm. how sustainable the industry is if all of these export partners are starting to suggest bans. I mean, how much of a threat is this to your $200 million industry? And is it sustainable because of that? 
Oh, look, it is sustainable. And, and I mean, from a point of view, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we're in the middle now of another um, boom in the kangaroo uh, population due to all the, um, the, f the fantastic weather that's been right through the east coast of Australia, the eastern side of Australia. You know, so the, the, the properties, the grass is growing, the, there's water in all the dams and everything else. So that's going to allow the kangaroos already are starting to increase in numbers dramatically. So the 40 million could reach the 60 million of uh, about uh, 10 years ago, and um, that is um, and that's very frightening because then there'll be a mass die-off when they've eaten everything out of house and home, and uh, the suffering in that case is um, is absolutely beyond belief. We'll have to leave it there. Dennis Kings, the Executive Officer of the Kangaroo Industry Association Australia, appreciate you joining me this afternoon. Thank you very much, Andy. Just want to bring you a little more of that response from Animals Australia. They've also issued a statement. It says, few people here in Australia, let alone abroad, realise that our national icon is the target of widespread and cruel commercial shooting uh, industry practices. We are heartened to see the states like Oregon take a compassionate stance against the wildlife trade, and we hope the proposed Kangaroo Protection Act introduced to US Congress to prohibit the sale of kangaroo products will continue to gain support too. That was from Animals Australia. On the text line... Look, a lot of you are very passionate, understandably, about an important national icon. Uh, this text, thank goodness for the people of Oregon. The kangaroos are treated with no respect in this country. Maybe the Yanks will save them. Uh, that, that text says also, this is from Alyssa, who says she's also with the Victorian Kangaroo Alliance. The commercial incentive has more than tripled the average kangaroo quotas in Victoria. This inevitably cruel and dirty wildlife trade is about to profit, not about reducing waste from kangaroos. That would be killed anyway. The industry has done a great job brainwashing Australians with their propaganda. Uh, thank you so much for your text messages. Understandably, uh, people's uh, passions run high when we're talking about the much-loved kangaroo. Uh, thanks for your text, 0418 Well, coming up, many, many operas have been adapted for screen over the years. Not many have gone from book to movie to opera. In less than 15 minutes, you'll hear from the composer of the New York Met's latest work, and you'll, you'll see that in cinemas from this weekend. That's coming up. You're with Andy Park. It's half past four, four on RN Drive. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.